your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 438 of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metlin. As always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it is even though it is the middle of summer and nothing is happening, we are in the middle of one of the best content seasons around for Canadians fans. Anyways, uh, we are rapidly approaching top 25 under 25 season. Obviously there was a huge draft. There was already a huge prospect pool. How are we feeling heading into what is always one of the best times of year in the off season? Honestly, this is the time where teams kind of solidify what they're doing. The sort of lesser known signings is they come around now and we have an idea of what to expect from the from the both the NHL team and the prospect pool. I think this is a kind of time where we can like sort of sit back kind of assess the situation but also both Scott and I are working on some big guests to bring you in the coming weeks and we're really excited about that as well. Yeah. And to touch on the offseason thing, those who follow Habs Eyes on the Prize, where I am one of the writers on staff there, we have just finished collecting the staff and community votes for the top 25 under 25. So under 25 year old prospects. It is such a fun time because every year there's always a healthy debate on recency bias and who's rising, who's falling, who's doing what. Last year, Matthias Norlinder rocketed up the charts. I think Jake Evans has had a really strong growth. People like Ryan Paling have fallen down there. And then the COVID season has been extremely difficult for a lot of players, but also a huge growth for a, uh, a, another bunch. I do think number one is going to be pretty much undisputed this year. I would be shocked if it isn't. And I wait, 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 wait. Let me guess who it might be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It cannot possibly be anyone other than Cole Caulfield, obviously. But if anyone has any arguments as to who it could be, please, please tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. I would like to see who a better top, uh, better player under 25 that is in the Canadian system right now. I'd like to know who you think that is and why. Well, I'm going to just argue you on this show then. It, it's Nick Suzuki, who <laughs> has two full NHL seasons, two playoff runs, underneath his belt it it, it won wait it are is- you serious about this now like are we not just talking about like pure talent and upside i well here's the thing is would you sacrifice someone who has nhl readiness for a player who has the promise of being an nhl and here's the thing is everyone knows i love cole <laughs> caulfield i don't think anyone will ever dispute that but oh my god! Have- okay, so so I'm the FOMO person, and you're absolutely the like the reassure yourself kind of person. I'm learning so much, and I'm so excited that we're disagreeing on this because I swear I thought you were going to agree that it was Cole Caulfield. 
Uh, that's the thing is I had Caulfield in my top two. He was uh, obviously <laughs> spoiler alert. Nick Suzuki was my number one. There's no way right now that in good conscience is someone who analyzes hockey the way that I do in my mind could go that I couldn't possibly put Nick Suzuki at my number one right now. And the thing is last year, I thought I was going to be one of the higher votes. on Matthias Norlander and I was not. <laughs> uh, but this year, like you have someone like Sean Farrell, who was named the top junior player in the U S for how strong a season he had in the USHL. You have Ryan Paling, who had a point per game season, in the AHL, you had the growth of Alexander Romanov, like Caulfield versus Suzuki is not going to be the only debate in this draft in this entire class. There's a lot to kind of look at and analyze. Where do you put someone like Jacob Olofsson, who has several professional underwhelming seasons versus someone who hasn't played pro yet, but has some promise like a Riley Kidney or an Oliver Kapanen right now? And that's the beauty of it is that there's so much to analyze. It's not always, would you trade this player for this player? Or would you rather have this player for this player? It's what do you think they're going to become? Is this one of the top 25 players that is under the age of 25 in this organization right now, not what they might become. <laughs> it, it's tough. Like it, it's true. It, it, it's very, very true. And I do think that that's kind of what the exercise always was, at least when I was writing there is you have to look at the way they are right now. Uh, and I think the excitement of some of the players kind of the upside and the potential kind of overshadows what they've accomplished to this point, or at least what they've shown, like concrete potential that they've shown on the ice with what they've done so far. And like, if, if, if you had to say who has the best upside, you would have a completely different argument than if you wanted to say who is the best right now. And I think looking at the best right now, then absolutely. Yes, you are correct. But in my mind, I always look at like, I look at the top 25 under 25 as who's in the Canadian system, right? Like I look at it as a system overall. And for me, I just think it's Cole Caulfield. And I'm, I'm so, so happy right now because we've got a debate. We've got a true debate on this show. We rarely disagree on things, you and I, Scott. And when we, when we do, it's always fun. Uh, and uh, now I'm curious, you know, when you look at the way, the, the talent that they have right now, uh, and then you look at the experience that they have right now, obviously Cole Caulfield has more talent but Nick Suzuki has more smarts and it, it's a really, really tough debate. I think, I don't know, maybe everyone is going to think that I'm wrong, but I personally just, I cannot help but look at what Cole Caulfield has accomplished off the NHL stage when I make my assessment. And he's not the only one. Like I look at Jordan Harris versus a Matthias Norlinder or Jaden Struble. Harris has all these accolades to his name and is a little bit older and looks to be an NHL or an almost NHL ready prospect, but Jaden Struble has these, I, I, I guess I'll call them intangibles. He's a freak athlete and someone like Caden Gooley, who was a first round pick. How does that merit versus Jordan Harris, who has this non-flashiness? There's so much to analyze with this. And as the results come out and as we hit different portions of the, the full top 25, we will break it down and kind of discuss what we feel is who got higher, who got lower and everything like that on this show. But coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit more about who we think might be the most improved Montreal Canadian this year. There's plenty to choose from 
And Laura and I will probably have another debate on that, and that's coming up next. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your vehicle. Whether it's your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we are back at Lockdown Canadians, and we're going to kind of discuss now, we are in the offseason, and we've had time to see the roster kind of settle in to what it is right now. It could change imminently, to be quite honest. We don't know because it's the offseason and things always happen uh, completely out of nowhere. And if you have your opinion on who you think is going to be the most under or uh, most improved Canadian this year, tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. We always like to hear from our listeners. So Laura, most improved is a tough one because there are a lot of players who kind of punched above their weight last year, some of which aren't with the team anymore. And some of which we don't know, even if they're going to be back right now, who is your pick for who is the most or most likely to be the most improved Canadian in the 2021-2022 season? If I want to go with my heart, it's going to be Kotkaniemi because of, you know, all the naysayers and all the Canadians are kind of putting some pressure on him. They're saying, you know, this is going to be the time that he proves himself and he proves he belongs on this team and that he's going to live up to that number three uh, position that he was picked at. I do think that it's possible that he's going to improve by leaps and bounds, especially if they give him clear direction, a clear role. We talked about that in our, or I talked about that with Jay in our Monday episode about telling a player what is expected of them. It's all well and good to say, you know, somebody's going to be a playmaker or create plays or do something like that. But there's also a role within the greater framework that you're expected to play. And there's also a curve that you're expected to hit, you know, targets that you're expected to hit. And so for for me, if the Canadians are clear with Kat Kinyemi, he's really going to do it. But when I'm thinking about the experience that they gained and that the potential that they have, you know, a veteran is obviously, you know, they're going to have a good year or a bad year. I don't expect Nick Suzuki to take any steps back and more steps forward than he does. You know, Cole Caulfield, how's he going to top what he did in the playoffs this past season? But for me, Alexander Romanov is, it's not a dark horse pick. I think it's a a logical pick. He got a chance to play with some veterans. He's got so much raw talent and excitement and enthusiasm for the game. I think that he's the kind of guy who's slowly maturing. 
you know, he, he, he makes plays that are older than he is and more mature than he is a lot of the time. But I think his attitude is still very, very uh, excited and exuberant and young. And I think he's going to be able to learn to channel that uh, to be a more calm, steadying presence on the ice, which all of the defense is going to need now if Shea Weber's not going to be able to play. So I think that for me, like the logical pick is going to be Romanov, but the emotional pick for me is Jesperi Kotkaniemi. What about you? I do think Kotkaniemi and Romanov are both good shouts, and I do think they will improve this season just based on the fact that that's kind of what their trajectory looks like right now. I do fully think we will see better from them, assuming that, you know, Kotkaniemi is on the team and not traded for Jack Eichel, but I have one for Ford and I have one for defense, which I don't know if that's breaking the rules or not. Whatever. It's our podcast. I'll do whatever the hell I want. So (laughs) go on. I I think on defense, my answer is going to be Ben Sherratt. I think he had a very good intro season and then he had a very rough looking playoff. And I think he's going to bounce back because when he was away from Shea Weber in the regular season, he was infinitely better than he was with Shea Weber in the playoffs. And they had some good moments, but I think Ben Sherratt without Shea Weber is going to be a far better player. He's going to have to be more responsible and kind of understand his role a little bit better. He's going to be a little bit more safe and composed in his role because if he starts like Leroy Jenkins charging around the defensive zone, it's all going to go south as we've learned. So <laughs> I, I think Sherrod, I don't think he's going to be like 10 goals, 40 points or anything like that. But I do think we'll just see a more composed, put together Ben Sherrod, who's going to kind of lead that physical, nasty role, hopefully with a little bit more IQ to his game. And then on offense, Kotkaniemi is a good shout. And it's not Jonathan Drouin. My most improved this season is going to be Brendan Gallagher, someone who's coming back from Ooh. a busted up hand. He had a real rough playoff playing through what looked like multiple mutilations to his entire body. He was beat to hell. He was still trying. You can just tell that the finesse wasn't there because his entire body was busted. And I really do truly think that a healthy Brendan Gallagher is a huge boost to whatever line he's on. And he's missing to know he's missing to tar. It's going to suck. But Brendan Gallagher does what Brendan Gallagher does. What he's done since he got into the NHL, regardless of who his center was. It was Galchenyuk. It was Placanitz. It was Deno. It's been anyone. He puts pucks at the net and he's just ridiculously annoying to deal with. Simple as that. It, it really does seem like he's primed for that bounce back 20 to 25 goal season, assuming he's good to go once it all starts. I have a technicality question here because I wanted to say, what about Ryan Paling? Because I guess the technicality is that he was really great in Laval and then a vast improvement would be for him to make the NHL team and stick around. Do you think that that would count or is that something where we would talk about impacts of new players in the lineup that have been in the system for a while. Part of me is says, yes, that does count. But since he didn't play in the NHL last year, it's kind of like, it's it's hard to, it's a gray area. Basically. I do think he could easily be a huge, like you said, a huge impact. He could come in and be that three C and Jake Evans is the four C this season right now. If he's fully healthy and ready to go, but if Jake Evans is your four C, you have a pretty good bottom six. 
I agree. Cause I, I one, we love Jake Evans on the show. We have, but Ryan Paling does have more talent. I, we can say it. I do. I, I won though. I think Jake <laughs> Evans has grown so much since he's joined the professional ranks, whereas Paling kind of stagnated and then hit that next level. Uh, the preseason is going to be huge for him. He's coming off an injury. He's going to have a new AHL coach. He's going to have entirely new NHL coaches from the last time he was um, on the Habs roster. There is a lot of catch up for him to do. And it's really quite frankly, up to him to make the most of that right now. And I think he's motivated to do so. He was very good in Laval last year, even if he wasn't, you know, the offense is never going to be a strongest point. But if you want someone to eat up all minutes in all situations, Ryan Paling is that guy right now. And I do think he has a humongous impact coming up. I and, absolutely agree. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, as, as am I. And speaking of things we're excited about, uh, Laura and our good friend from Lockdown Blue Jackets, Jay Foster, actually had a nice little discussion about David Savard and what we can expect from him. No offense to our Tampa fans. Tampa was a powerhouse. We're going to learn what makes David Savard tick and what the Canadians can expect from him coming up in our final segment with Laura's sit down with Lockdown Blue Jackets, Jay Foster. If you've been listening to Lockdown Canadians, you know that we love Built Bar. Built Bar is the only protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's soft, real easy to eat, got chocolate, plenty of incredible flavors, eight incredible flavors in fact and they have both nut and nut free options for those of us with allergies and there are flavors from caramel brownie and lemon almond cheesecake to raspberry german chocolate double chocolate orange toffee almond there is something for everyone and they are a hundred percent covered in chocolate soft and easy to chew they are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber they are everything you are looking for in a protein bar and if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. All you have to do is put in promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com, put together your box of a dozen flavors and get them shipped. Try them out. Put in promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Equal means make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Obviously him being Quebecois helps. Um, you yeah. Know, and it was a childhood dream. Love a hometown boy. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a video of the, of him putting on the Jersey for the first time and, and his emotions and people just ate that up. And I think in Montreal, it's, there, it's been so long that homegrown players for lots of reasons, but I think ultimately it's, it's because the team wasn't a winning team. 
you know, uh, players who grew up in Quebec uh, who were drafted by other teams. And then, you know, Montreal's would wait until they were UFA so that they could sign here. And they never did. And there's this like, you know, not not necessarily a bitterness because it is understandable. I mean, Montreal is a tough market to play in, especially if you're the kind of player who wants to stay anonymous. Uh, and it's also a tough market to play in just in terms of, you know, the weather, the taxes, all of that. It's a great city. And and, and I, I, you know, I think people don't realize how great it is a lot of the time. But when people see Quebecois players choose to sign elsewhere, often they find it like it's smarts. And so, you know, seeing somebody like, Perrault, like Pocket, uh, and now David Savard. I think David Savard was like the big name, right? Like that was the first domino to fall. Um, people saw that and, and then they saw how emotional he was. Like they did the whole photo shoot with him putting on the jersey and they posted it on social media and, and people just loved that. Like that, that idea that people like, you know, I'm like you and I would play for the Habs, I think, is, is such a huge deal for this market. And it's not just a matter of, you know, there's a lot of language politics and we get letters about talking about it sometimes. Uh, but, you know, having a player where you're watching those press conferences, you're watching those media availabilities, and it's not like Luc Jelina having to translate uh, into French what the player is saying in English, like you're hearing it directly, like that's a privilege that most, like most of the Montreal market is French speaking. Most of the Habs fans are French speaking. And so to have that, you know, to be able to, to, to have your, your player speak to you in your own language must be uh, so, I mean, I'm an Anglophone, right? But I'm also an immigrant and I'm Middle Eastern. So for me, representation is really important. So that also feels like that. So when they want to come home and they want to play for, uh, play for this market, it means a lot. And I think that aspect of it as well. So there's an emotional fan favorite aspect to it. I think, I think it's exactly like you said, he's not, you know, he's not Shea Weber's replacement. And, and I think, I hope, I hope that the market understands that he's not going to be good like Shea Weber. He's going to be good at what he does, which is be defensive, which is, you know, take, take, take younger players under their wing, eat up minutes. Uh, He's, he's tough to play against in the defensive zone. He's just not going to generate rushes. He's not going to be responsible for zone exits. That's not going to be his job. And if we don't expect that of him, then I think he's going to do just fine in this market. And I'm very excited about him. Yeah, I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Max Domi. In the, if you expect Shea Weber from David Savard, you're going to be disappointed. If you expect David Savard from David Savard, then perfect. You know, and he's not making a ton of money. Uh, he's very, it's a very good contract, I think. Um, very, you know, like it's its easy to flip mm-hmm. the deadline if you need to. And I think, yeah, this is quietly, I think. And I, you know, I might be biased because I do really love David Savard. Um, I think this is quietly one of the really good free agent signings. Because I know, you know, free agent frenzy, there is that instinct like you said GMs just can't help themselves it obviously it didn't happen on July 1st this year but July 1st they just lose their minds and start throwing fistfuls of money at players and signing guys at Matt Bolesky to six year six million dollar contracts so (laughs) it's 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 and there was I feel like there was there was potential in any other year I feel like David Svard would have been one of those guys that gets a huge ridiculous long contract that he's never going to fulfill so it feels it, it's nice to to see kind of the contract and you know the player going home which is something I didn't fully appreciate until Jack Russellvik got traded here 
I think I, because mm. I am very, I am always super bitter about how every player that was kind of born in the GTA or near the GTA or has been to Toronto like ever. And as soon as they hit free agency, the media is like, well, of course they want to, they're going to want to go home. You know, I got sick to death of seeing that picture of John Tavares in his Leafs pajamas, like hated it. Hated everything about it. And then we picked up, you know, hometown kid, Jack Roslovic. And he was just so excited to be here. Um, players would say, you know, he's he hasn't stopped smiling since he got off the plane, you know. And that kind of, I was kind of like, it makes oh, you okay, feel this, good. Is, this is what it's like for for when hometown players come home. So I, I totally get this kind of, this David Savard coming home to, to Quebec because it's yeah it's just it's nice he clearly like he always talks about how much he loves to play in Montreal when he was with Columbus so I'm if he had to go somewhere like I'm glad that he has gone home you know yes absolutely I I 100% agree with you because it's it's exactly the same thing you know like Toronto fans made a lot made a huge deal out of the fact that John Tavares didn't even take Montreal's call uh, when he was a free agent, you know, it was like, oh, it all came down to the Islanders and the Leafs. And we all know he wanted to, to sign with the Leafs at the end of the day. Like that was his ultimate goal. And, um, you know, people, people are like, you know, why would he, you know, why would he even look at Montreal's direction? And then on the flip side is that Corey Perry's not from here, but he was a Montreal Canadiens fan growing up. And then he played for Montreal and he was a revelation. And not only that, he didn't criminally injure a single person <laughs> his entire tenure with the Montreal Canadiens. And, I that that's probably the first season that Corey Perry's ever done that. I <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. I think it was. It was either your co-host Scott or Kyle Demetrius. We were doing like a live chat in in Spotify Green Room, um, and one of them talked about was his getting kicked out of the Winter Classic in Dallas. Was that his like come to Jesus moment? Because he hasn't <laughs> done anything since then bendable since then so i wonder if kind of having to do the walk of shame from that rink all the way across the football field was kind of his his come to jesus moment but yeah he was i don't want to say likable because that's that's not a word that i ever want to associate with Corey perry but he wasn't like the (laughs) evil when he was in montreal (laughs) i love it (laughs) Uh, yeah, and, and that was the thing, because like, I, I mean, the whole meme of the season was, for me, I was refusing to accept him on the Montreal Canadiens the entire time, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to like him, and people were like, look how effective <laughs> he is, look how much he loves being a Montreal Canadian, and all of that, and I just kept going, nope, 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 and then finally, after the season, I thought it would be safe to admit that I like him, and then he signed a two-year deal in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I kind of, I I made a happen. similar thing with, with Michael Del Sarto, actually. <laughs> I don't I, I don't care for. I thought he was he was surprisingly good for us, uh, considering Columbus is everything this season. Um, but he was one of those guys that and I think Corey Perry did kind of the same thing. He came in and he was like, right, well, I'm gonna adopt all of your children and be like fun team uncle. And he really bonded with Jack Roslovic. And so there was lots of very good Instagram pictures of them. They went on holiday together after the season. Like, and so I was like, oh, okay, fine. I will allow Michael Del Zotto to exist in Columbus. And then he signs in friggin' Ottawa. I was like, well, (laughs) this is what I get, I guess. (laughs) That's exactly okay. But let's go back to like pre pre Columbus. 
him doesn't he belong on the ottawa senators i think oh, our 100%. listeners would agree like that feels, <laughs> spiritually that feels right for, for him <laughs> um but yeah just he had this um, one season where he was fun and not gross and got on well with the the kids and i was like okay fine i guess he can stay we have like three and a half defensemen so we've got room for him and then yeah he's like well actually i'm gonna go play in ottawa with the pierres so fine <laughs> yep um yeah but yeah i think uh i think that's about everything for for david Savard. so um and as for you jay if my listeners want to catch up with goalie things and Columbus things and the occasional guest dog picture, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, yeah, I do have occasional guest a uh, guest host who stays in my house. He's called Jack. He's very good. Uh, he sleeps a lot, so he's not the best co-host, but he tries. Uh, you can find Locked On Blue Jackets everywhere you get Locked On Canadians. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher. I found out a couple of months ago that we're on Audible, which sounds insane to me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. We're, we're literally everywhere. You can find us anywhere you literally, get your if you podcast. Google, Google Locked On Blue Jackets and just pick a link and we're there. <laughs> um, I, am, I am on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you'd like to follow me for the aforementioned dog pictures, uh, goalie talk, things like that. That's really my brand is dogs and goalies and Star Wars opinions. So if that sounds like something you'd enjoy, you can find me at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That was one of our. That was the final part of Laura's conversation with Jay Foster of Lockdown Blue Jackets. Go follow them on Twitter. They are one of our best friends, and they make an absolutely fantastic show. As always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. Laura is at The Active Stick. I am at Scott Matla. And if you love this show, please tune into Lockdown Bets, where betting on any league team or sport doesn't have to be a guessing game as long as you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and the lock of the day from Lee Sterling. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.